All right, Faith Promise, how we doing? Woo! It is great to see you. We're thrilled that you chose to worship with us this weekend, whatever campus you're at, from Campbell to Anderson to North Knox, which will be moving soon to Blount County, to the Internet, or Pellissippi. We're thrilled that you chose to be with us this weekend. It's an amazing weekend, annual Heart for the Harvest. And uh, I just got to tell you, our students kicked this year off. We've never done it before, but the Pellissippi Student Ministry this past Wednesday decided they were going to take up their own Heart for the Harvest. And so our teenagers gave Pellissippi almost $3,000 this past Wednesday to get everything rolling. So we're grateful. Emails are rolling in of stories, whether it has to do with the offering or healings or restorations or prodigals, all the things we prayed about in this month of miracles. And I want to challenge you, if God has answered a prayer for you, your family, your small group, we want to know about it. So if you'll send it to stories at faithpromise.org, we'll use those, we categorize those, we catalog those. Some of them we actually video turned into stories so the whole church can find out about it and you'll be seeing more stuff coming up. So that's, that's sort of what's going on, but let us know what's, what's happened, what God is doing with you in this month of miracles and in our heart for the harvest. Well, we've been talking about the Red Sea. The theme is the crossing and we've taken the greatest illustration of all the Bible, which is the parting of the Red Sea are really from, from leaving Egypt all the way through into entering the promised land and all that God did. So as we, let's review for a minute what we've talked about in these past three weekends. The Red Sea review or what lessons we learned. Number one, God leads us to the Red Sea. God orchestrated the, the, the children of Israel, brought them there on purpose, and many times he brings us to the Red Sea on purpose so that we'll continue to grow and we'll be dependent on him. Not only does he lead us to it, but number two, we've, we've seen God leads us through it. He parted the water. He'll move the mountains. He'll kill the enemy. He'll do something in the midst of that. He will move in in a Red Sea moment. And what I want us to get this week in the last lesson, we've talked about a ton, but this is sort of from 5,000-foot view. The ultimate reason for the Red Sea is to bring him glory. And so whenever you're at the Red Sea, the ultimate reason, he wants you to grow, he wants you to be dependent, but it's number three, the ultimate reason God will allow his children to end up at the Red Sea is to bring him glory. 3,500 years after the Red Sea, what are we talking about? The Red Sea, the party, the miracle, all that God did, we're still talking about it. Now, if you go back to Exodus 14, and it's just, I'm going to pull a few more verses, Exodus 14, 4, I want you to... Thus, now God is speaking, thus I will, harden Pharaoh's heart, I will be what? Honored. God, I will do it. I will do it. I'll be honored. In verse 17, it says this, verse 14, 17, he goes on and says this. As for me, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians. Again, who did it? God, I will. I will. I will be honored. I will be glorified. Verse 18, he goes on. Again, I want you to see what's going on. The Egyptians will know that, that I am what? When I am what? Honored. When I, I will, I am. Verse 31, same chapter, says this. When Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared who? The Lord. Who did it? God did it. Chapter 15, verse 1, Moses writes a song of praise. We sang one of our songs earlier in this service in our worship time. 
I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. He has hurled, you know, the horse and the rider into the sea. Again, over and over and over, God said, I will. So when you get to the Red Sea, if you realize that it's about bringing God glory, it will change how you view your life. So let me, let me, let me just explain that for a minute as we get ready to take the offering. Up. I want you to think about this. Because have we all been to the Red Sea? Will we probably all be back at the Red Sea Resort? Sure we will. And when we get to the Red Sea, let me tell you what we do. We ask the wrong question. Are the questions. We get there, we ask like, how in the world did I get into this mess? Whose fault is it that I'm here? How can I get out of this mess? Isn't that what you ask when you're at the Red Sea? That's what the, the, the children of Israel did. They asked all the wrong questions. But let me, let me give you a better thought because you've been at the Red Sea. We as a church are at the Red Sea. The better question is this. Are you ready? If you're ready, say I'm ready. How can God be glorified most in this? If whenever you're at the Red Sea, when, when things are out of your control, when, you know, when the, the army's behind you and you're at the Red Sea and you're in a Red Sea moment, if you'll stop and say, how can God be glorified? Not how can I get out of it? Why am I in it? Who screwed this up? How did I get here? Who can we blame? What excuses can we make when you say, oh, wow, I'm back at the Red Sea again. I recognize this. I know this feeling. If you'll ask the question, how can God be glorified in this? What it'll do, it'll change your perspective on all your problems. Now, does all guys chilling have problems? So it will change your perspective on it. I was talking with a friend of mine, business owner, last few weeks, and, and he's got some options in a business and all this kind of stuff. And we were, we were talking about the options and how can I pray for him. And I, and I sent him a text today. I said, by the way, what I'm praying and what God will answer for you in your decision, the question is, how will God get the greatest glory? So he's got some options. How will God get the greatest glory? So now, if, if the devil attacks, does the devil attack us? The devil will think twice about attacking you if every time hell breaks loose against you, you say, God, in the midst of this mess, how can you be glorified the most? How can you be honored the most? How can you be magnified the most? How can we exalt your story and your glory more than anything else? Would that change how you view things? Would that change how the devil attacks us? So what we, it's, it's, again, it's a change of perspective. For, th for 3,500 years, the Red Sea has been a source of psalms and praises and songs and sermons and books, all kind of content written, what? Out of the miracle of the Red Sea. Again, the devil will think twice about coming to get you and your family if every time he does, you and your family stop and say, okay, God, how can you? be glorified the most. I know it's a mess. I know the doctor said cancer. I know that I lost my job. I know that we got three months and we'll lose our house. I know that our child is gone. I know that, that we're in this horrible deal and there's nothing we can do. Oh, we're at the Red Sea again. How can you, God, be glorified in this? Because a lot of us, you know what we still say after sermon that we preached several months ago? It's a rich person problem. Y'all remember that? People say it all over faith promise. Hey, that's a rich person problem. So if you'll walk away from this thing, how can God get the greatest, the greatest glory? See, Jesus had this attitude. It's what he did in John chapter 12. 
We find Jesus in his greatest Red Sea moment. If you were facing the torture, the abuse, and the horrible, excruciating death on a cross, would you call that a Red Sea moment? And yet Jesus is facing the moment, and this is what he said in John 12, 27 and 28. Now my soul has become what? We're all troubled at the Red Sea, aren't we? Let's be real. My soul has become troubled, and what shall I say? What am I going to ask you, God? What is my question in the midst of this? Father, save me from this hour? What am I going to say? What am I going to ask? What am I going to do? Because it was for this purpose I came. This is why you sent me. So what am I going to ask? What am I going to do? How am I going to face it? I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. In the midst of the Red Sea, in the midst of all hell, they're going to hate me. They're going to strip my skin off. They're going to pull my beard out. They're going to drive thorns into my skull. They're going to hang me on a cross, and I'm going to suffocate naked in front of all these people that hate my guts. As horrible as that is, what did he say? Father, glorify your name. If Jesus can look at the cross and say, glorify your name, when all hell breaks loose in us, we can say, Father. How can you get the greatest glory? Then a voice came out of heaven and and said, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. See, Jesus' concern, his ultimate focus in in everything that happened to him here, he said, I don't do anything on my initiative, but only do that which I see my Father doing. Now you go back to the Red Sea, and and, and of course they, they get to it, then God leads them through it, and then they walk out of the Red Sea, and they begin marching toward the Promised Land. So they're marching, and God stops Moses, and he tells Moses, I want you to build a tabernacle, a tent, a tent of the testimony, a tent of the story. I want to build, I want you to build me a place of worship where my glory is going to dwell. There's the Ark of the Covenant, is going to is going to is going to be there. All the other things that they that you know that that God told him to put in. And if you're reading our Bible record, Bible plan with us, the last few days Hebrews has been talking about that stuff that was in the tabernacle. And I love what whoever wrote Hebrews. Let's say it was Paul. We don't know it for sure. But whoever wrote it said it was a shadow of what Moses built because the real tabernacle's in heaven. And the tabernacle on earth, they took the blood of bulls and goats in. But Jesus took his own blood in the tabernacle in heaven. So he tells Moses, Moses, build me a, a tabernacle. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be, it's going to be a place where you're going to come and you're going to meet with me. And I'm going to give out my commands to the people and all that. And so if you go to Exodus <clears throat> 35 and 36, there you find the story. You find Moses getting ready, getting everything together to, to, uh, to build the tabernacle. So from ex, the exodus, the miracles in Egypt, to the parting of the water, the water coming out of the rock, the feeding of the manna, all the way through the protection, all the way through uh, winning the war, then all the way through entering the promised land, it was all for one major reason. Are you ready for your list? Say, I'm listening. To bring God glory. The chief end of man and woman Your chief goal in life, if you're a child of God, is not to be fat, dumb, and happy. The chief goal in life is to bring glory to God. 
not for God to bring glory to you, but for you to bring glory to God. Does that, does that make sense? Now, we were, we were birthed, Faith Promise, almost 20 years ago for one reason, to bring God glory. Now, how do we bring God glory? By making it hard to go to hell from East Tennessee, by winning, the, by winning people, by, by preaching the gospel, by giving God glory, by telling the story, by adding campuses and more sites and seats and more souls and telling the story. Because we live in, a, we live in the South, and you would think everybody's got the story. But just, uh, you know, at work on Monday, ask, ask some of your lost friends, hey, tell me how you get to heaven and see how many of them know. They won't. You know what they're going to say? Nine out of ten, you've got to be good. Well, the Bible's pretty clear. How many's good? Zero, none, not even one. Nobody good. That's why Jesus came. And so we tell his story. Why? Because we want to make it hard to go to hell. So, so Moses builds, gets ready to build the temple, the tabernacle, I'm sorry. And what did Moses need to build the tabernacle? <clears throat> he needs some money. Now, these are poor slaves. Not anymore. Because they took all the gold from Egypt when they left. So, they, so what Moses does is Moses takes an offering. Exodus 35, 29. Then Israelites, the Israelites, all the men and women whose heart moved. I want you, I want you to see this. Whose heart what? Moved them to bring the material for the work which the Lord had commanded through Moses to be done, brought a what? Free will offering to the Lord. That's what this weekend we're going to do. We're going to bring a free will offering to the Lord. It's not like your regular weekly tithes and offerings that you give every week. This is a, this is a free will offering to build the tabernacle, to build the temple, to expand the kingdom of God. It's just a love gift that we give to God because our hearts are filled with gratitude for what God did for us, right? Is that right? And so it's just a love offering. We give it because we want to give it, because we want to expand God's kingdom. So let's look at the offering in verse 20 of Exodus 35. As they get ready, then all the congregation of the sons of Israel departed from Moses' presence. Everyone whose heart... Oh, is that, is that the second time we've seen that? Yeah. Stirred him, and everyone whose spirit... That's oh, three times. Y'all see a pattern? There's principle of repetition in the Bible. When something's in there multiple times, it's because it's important. Whose spirit moved him, came and brought the Lord's contribution for the work of the tent of the meeting and for all of its service and for the holy garments, then all whose hearts, what? There it is again. It's everywhere. Now, let me just tell you, I was talking to Pastor Josh before the service started, and he said, man, I'm really praying God has spoken. I said, you don't have to pray that. God has spoken. You don't have to pray that for the church. What you have to pray is that the church obeys. Are you with me? God's already spoken. The question is, will we obey? Because this whole Bible is full of people that God spoke to that didn't do what God said. Every now and then, there's one in there who does. But most people didn't. And so my great concern, honestly, it's not, well, we have enough money to do what we need to do. God's going to provide. But it's, will faith promise obey the promptings of the Lord? That's my greatest concern. I'm just going to be honest with you. And it's not about the money. It's about obedience. Does that make sense? Every campus, come on. It's about us. Because when we, God speaks and we disobey, then you know what we do? We grieve the heart of God. We grieve him. 
And we don't want to grieve God. We need God. We want God. We're hungry for God. We don't want to grieve God. And so everybody who's, uh, then all whose hearts moved them, both men and women, came and brought brooches and earrings and signet rings and bracelets and articles of gold. So did every man who presented an offering of gold to the Lord, every man who had in his possession blue and purple and scarlet material and fine linen and goat's hair and ram skins and dyed red and porpoise skins and brought them. Everyone who could make a contribution of silver and bronze brought the Lord's contribution and every man who had in his possession a of wood for the work of the service brought it and the skilled women spun with their hands and brought what they had spun in blue and purple and scarlet material and in fine linen and all the women whose What's up with that? It's like 10 times. It's like, because God knows we don't get it, do we? His heart stirred. With a skill spun the goat's hair. The rulers brought the onyx stones and the stones for the settings for the ephod and for the breastplate and the spices and the oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. The Israelites, all the men and women, who's what? Heard moved them to bring the material for all the work which the Lord had commanded through Moses to be done. They brought a free will offering to the Lord. That's what we're doing. Every campus in a few minutes, there are locations all over with these things that, that say, you know, H for H for H 14, heart for the harvest 14. And we're just going to, we're going to bring a free will offering and a contribution. We're going we're to give it. Everybody's who's what? Hearts moved. Everybody's whose hearts stirred. See, the kingdom of God advances through the people whose hearts have been stirred. Now, let me tell you what's difficult. As there are a lot of people here at all of our camps this weekend who want to do more than they have. Does that make sense? Who know that man, it's just caught you at a time where you don't have any money and all that. And some people have already given stuff. There are people, there, there's one smart group, a guy gave a car. He's been working on it for 20 years and already said, I'm giving the car. And then money came, the same amount of my money he sold his car for. Already miracles happen, has already have happened for the offering. But there are people who feel guilty because you want to give more than you have. Listen, let's don't walk in this with guilt. Amen. It's not about guilt. If, you, if this year you say, Pastor, I don't have it. Man, I am so broke. I can't pay attention. I mean, I don't have, I mean, I don't, we don't, we don't have anything. We're behind, we're, listen, there's 2015. Are you with me? Man, there's no, there's no heaping guilt. This is a free will offering who God has provided and who has stirred our hearts and we're going to bring it back to him. They all gave. Now, again, these were poor slaves for 400 years, poor slaves. What happened? They just took everything from Egypt when they left. But what people, what they did not do here, they didn't make the wrong assumption. Because we make this erroneous assumption. Are you ready? If you're ready, say I'm ready. We make an assumption that all our money is for our consumption. We make the assumption it's for our consumption. If I have money, it's for me. If I have extra, it's for me. It's for me, 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 me. Isn't that right? That's it. We, listen, we live in the culture. If there's ever been a culture of me, we live in it. You don't have to sound like a pig. Wee, wee, wee. I mean, it's, it's all about me. It's me, it's me. So we make this sacrifice, that me, this assumption that it's for my consumption. And so God gives us because he wants us to bring him glory. He wants us to share, but we don't. 
It's like the dude that Jesus talked about that said, look at these crops. I got, but listen, I'm going to tear down my barns and do what? Build bigger ones. I got stuff. I said to myself, you got more stuff. You're going to fill your barns. You're going to live, eat, drink, and be merry for years. Woo! And the Bible said, you fool. Today, today your life is required of you. See, that guy made an assumption it was for his consumption. And he made another assumption. If he had money, he had more time. It's like people think if I got checks, I've still got money. Now, young adults don't get that because they've never had a check. My, my two sons, got, when they got bank accounts, they didn't, they've never had a check. That didn't make sense to me. I've just started going electronically because staff members made fun of me, so I'm trying to catch up. I'm, I'm boldly rushing into the, you know, 2005. And so, so that's, what, that's what, we don't want to make that error. It's not about us. It's a, why, 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 so why does God give for us to bring glory? Why do we sacrifice? Why have I asked all of us to sacrifice? To put off do, buying that new car, to put off getting new carpet, to put off, to put off, to put off. To, why have I asked you? Why have we, the elders and the executive team and the leaders of Faith Promise, asked you? Why? To sacrifice. Why? Because people are going to hell. And we can do something about it. And if we can do something, shouldn't we? So we will. Now understand, this whole deal, the Exodus, the Red Sea, the tabernacle, would y'all agree that that was bigger than Moses? Would y'all agree with that? Can I tell you something? This heart for the harvest and five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten campuses and all that God is doing at Faith Promise is so much bigger than your pastor. I said at times, just absolute, utter, just utterly stunned, saying, God, I don't understand. I don't understand. You know, 10 years ago, nobody ever heard of us. Nobody knew about us. You know, in Knoxville, they knew, they knew about us in Anderson County. But, God, how did we get here? Lord, I, I, I don't understand. I, God, I just, I don't get it. I'm, I, I'm not sharp enough, I'm not fast enough. I, I just have never been more humbled watching God work and the thousands of people who give and serve and sacrifice and make faith promise work. I just, I, I'll never get over that in the name of Jesus. I'll just never fathom that. Have you ever been in a position where you felt inadequate? You just put in a place where you said, Lord, I, don't, I can't do this. What did Moses tell God at the burning bush? Wrong dude. I know you're all knowing, but you, may, you blew this one, God. And so, I, man, I'm just, I'm just riding. We're just riding this wave. And God's favor is on us. Amen. And together with this free will offering, we're going to do what Moses did. We're going to build another tabernacle and another tabernacle and another tabernacle. And we're going to keep expanding these tents of the testimony all around us until we truly do. People have got to walk around us, jump over us, or tunnel under us to get to hell from around us. Man, that's a deal. So, man, I, we've prayed about this for a long time, prepared for a long time. Never worked hard on a sermon series in my entire life. And I was thinking as I was working on this, I mean, just a couple questions. Have you ever made a bad investment? 
Yeah. Yeah, of course you have. Have you ever lost any money? Have you ever been ripped off by a business person? Yeah. Do you regret losing that money? Of course you did. Do you regret getting ripped off? Of course you did. Have you ever given? You ever given and regretted it? I had a friend of mine talking to a billionaire. That's a B. I-L-L-I-W-N. Whenever I hear somebody say billion, I say they meant million. Talk is billionaire. He lost a billion dollars that day. One day lost a billion dollars. It's a bad day. <laughs> now, the good news is you have to have a billion to lose a billion. So you've had some really good days leading up to that bad day. You know what I'm talking about? And he sat down at dinner with his friend, and, and he said, you know, he said, man, we can counsel this. No, we're going to meet. And halfway through, he said, I, gotta, I just got to ask you, what's it feel like to lose a billion dollars? He said, what's well, bad? It's bad. He said, have you learned anything from the billion dollars you've lost? He said, somebody's flushed the toilet. And he, 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 said, he said, what have you learned? And he said, one thought, I wish I would have given more. Because see, you, you lose it in the stock market or you, 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 you do a business or you get involved with somebody or somebody rips you off and you lose and you regret that. I've never given and regretted it. And so when you give this weekend, I don't believe you're going to regret it. I don't. Matter of fact, yeah, we, most, of us, most of us at Faith Promise wish we could give more than we're going to give. But if everybody, if we have a synergy of sacrifice... Focus. All 6,000 of us this weekend focus together. Man, we're, we're going to blow it out of the water. Now, you ever been hurt by people? You ever been let down by people? They, you're going to be let down by me. People are going to let you down. But God, God is never, ever going to let you down. You can't outlive him, and you can't outgive him. And so... Many, and I, I don't do it for this reason, but typically when Michelle and I have sacrificed, God has turned around and done something that just blew us out of the water. It's not why we, it's not why we gave, but because, because we don't give to get, but you typically will get because you give. Does that make sense? You don't give it, so you'll get. We will give the biggest offering in our lives this weekend. The biggest offering in our lives we've ever given. And you know what? I've been, all week long, I have not been able to wait to give that money. Seriously, man, I just couldn't wait. And so God is blessed and God gives it. And, and, and so, man, just be faithful this weekend. So in a few minutes, I'm going to pray. And then we're just going to get, the, the band's going to come back out and we're going we're gonna to worship. And then you just make your way with your family to a box, to one of these fish bowls and put it in. But before we do, Let's think about the most, way more important than this offering. Every campus, don't you listen, dial in. Because people sort of tend to dial out when we talk about money. Y'all ever notice that? I want to walk around and smack people during a money sermon. Because you can see they're doing everything to tune you out. I was, you know, years ago, they, they'd pop people on the head with a stick in church and they fell asleep. We may need to get a new ministry. I just have a little, one of those, you ever seen those laser things that you put on the board? That man over there, get him, smack him in the head. What's more important than the offering is this, that there's some people with us 
that have never been born again. It's what, listen, we don't care about your offering. We care about your heart. We care that you'll be in heaven with us forever. That's what matters more than anything else. Amen. Come on. So, in a, in a weekend where we're given an offering, and in a weekend where the message is about money, and you realize that God loves you, He didn't care about your money. We give because it helps us. But if, you, if you're ready to give your heart to Jesus, you realize that you've sinned, and we all have. You realize that it's not about you, it's about Him. And you're ready to turn away from your sins and turn by faith to Jesus alone. Not being good, not working, just turning by faith to Him. That He is ready to forgive your sins. He is ready to write your name in His book. And He is ready to enter into a love relationship with you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're ready to give Jesus your heart, we're going to pray at this confessional prayer with you out loud. So if you would right now just pray this prayer. Say, Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned, and I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come in my heart. Be my Lord. Be my master and ruler. I want to live my life for you. Not for money or success or this world, but for you. You died for me, and you rose from the grave. And now I put my faith in you. Save me, Jesus. In your name I pray. And all God's people said, Now welcome into the family of God. Now, just a minute, we're going we're gonna to get up, offering, worship, come back, and the worship team will dismiss us in a few minutes. But when we're dismissed, there'll be pastors. If you need to pray with someone up front, let me just say one more time, every campus, campus pastors, if you guys make your way up, this is not about guilt. This is about gratitude. And so if you say, if this was any other time, oh, I'm, I so want to give. Listen, can I just take all that guilt off you? Just take, take it off you. Because we give out of gratitude, not out of guilt. So when this, when this offering is over, we go back. There'll be pastors. Or if you prayed, you gave your heart to Jesus. If you'll fill that, if you'll fill out the communication card and and put it in the offering box. I want to encourage you if in this offering, if you're married, you and your spouse go, if your family's with you, you and family go, and just as you drop that in that offering container, just thank God that he gave you, just like he did the Israelites, the silver and gold when they were rescued from slavery, and we bring an offering to God, and let's just give it to him. Holy Spirit of God, would you fall in this place? We know that your spirit has stirred we know that, you're, that you have moved our hearts. And now, God, those, spirit, those whose spirits have stirred, those whose hearts have moved, we're going to give an offering to you. We give it to you with gratitude. We give it to you with love. We say, God, take it and use it and use our church to bring you glory, to tell your story, and to make it hard to go to hell from East Tennessee. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. let's stand as we worship.